You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. I'm Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, award-winning Lighthouse volunteer and ACE copy editor. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Jeremy. Today is July 9th, 2022, and this is episode 181 of Lighthearted. Shortly, we'll be listening to two interviews. First, we'll hear Jan Cole, manager of the Eagle River and Sand Hills Lighthouses in Michigan. And then we'll hear a conversation I had with Jean and Jane Gertz, sisters whose father was a keeper at Sand Hills and other locations in Michigan. First, has anything worthy of note happened on this date in Lighthouse history, Cindy? Well, funny you should ask. The first Chicago Harbor Lighthouse in Illinois was first lighted on July 9, 1859. The skeletal iron tower marked the outer end of the North Pier in Chicago Harbor on Lake Michigan. In 1889, a new lighthouse was built to serve as the primary guide into the harbor. The Chicago Harbor Lighthouse that still stands went into operation in 1893. The 1859 tower was dismantled and many of its parts were incorporated into a new lighthouse at Raleigh Point in Wisconsin. Ownership of the present Chicago Harbor Lighthouse went to the city of Chicago in 2009, but not much has happened since then. So Cindy, let's stay on the Great Lakes and introduce our first interview. Sure, Jeremy. The development of Michigan's Keweenaw Peninsula, which juts about 60 miles north from the Upper Peninsula into Lake Superior, was based mostly on copper mining. Increased maritime traffic related to the copper industry led to the establishment of Eagle River Lighthouse on the northwest part of the peninsula in 1858. In 1871, the original tower and dwelling were replaced by the existing structure, a brick keeper's house with an attached square tower. Local maritime traffic decreased and the lighthouse was deactivated in 1908. Meanwhile, after some shipwrecks at Eagle River Reef a few miles to the southwest, there was a call for a lighthouse and fog signal at a location known as Sand Hills. The station established in 1919 at Sand Hills consisted of a buff-colored brick dwelling with a square tower mounted on top with a light 91 feet above lake level. With the duties of maintaining a diaphone fog signal in addition to the light, Sand Hills had a principal keeper and two assistants, all living in the single keeper's quarters. Sand Hills Light Station was automated in 1939, and it was used as a training station for Coast Guard recruits for a while during World War II. The light was discontinued in 1954 and was sold at auction to H. Donald Bliss, who used it as a summer home for a few years. A subsequent owner, Bill Frabata, renovated the property and opened it as the Sand Hills Lighthouse Inn in 1995. Frabata's wife, Mary Matthews, entertained guests with nightly performances on the piano. Eagle River Lighthouse was auctioned in 1908 to John Verton of Calumet for a winning bid of $925. Historic preservationist Bud Cole purchased the property in 2014. After a thorough restoration, he began offering it as a vacation rental with three bedrooms and 3,000 square feet of living space. Bud Cole also bought Sand Hills Lighthouse in 2019. He also purchased 1,000 acres of land around the light station to protect it from development. His sister, Jan Cole, manages the lighthouse properties at Eagle River and Sand Hills. I visited the lighthouses at Sand Hills and Eagle River during my recent trip to Michigan with my friend Nick Korstad. I sat down inside Eagle River Lighthouse for a conversation with Jan Cole. Let's listen to that now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm here in Michigan on the Keweenaw Peninsula, and I'm visiting with uh, Jan Cole, who manages the uh, Eagle River Lighthouse and the, the uh, Sand Hills Lighthouse. And Jan has graciously showed me around along with my friend Nick Korstad uh, today, and uh, they're two incredible properties. And uh, we're going to chat about them a bit. So thanks so much for joining me today, Jan. Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you for hosting us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, means. really do appreciate it. I'm having such a fantastic time in Michigan for the past week. Uh, so our, your brother, Bud, as I understand it, is officially the, the owner of these two lighthouse properties. That's correct. And you manage these properties along with some other local properties here, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Are you and your brother originally from this area? Um, we're not. We came here uh, as kids. We always spent our summers up here. Mm -hmm. um, my uh, grandparents are from Calumet and Lorium, so neighboring towns. And it turns out that our great-grandparents, and we did not know this um, in all the years that we came here, mm -hmm. um, were from Eagle River. I mean, they came from Prussia to Eagle River, um, so we actually have a much longer history here than, wow. than we knew. Well, that's great. That's great. So you have some, some kind of roots, roots here. So what led your brother Bud to buy these two lighthouse properties? I, boy, I mean, lighthouses are these iconic, incredible things, and, um, you know, fortunately, uh, Bud had purchased the house that we're in right now, and uh, neighbors uh, and purchased a, a place down down the street that were owned by the third owners of the Eagle River Lighthouse. And when they were ready to sell it, they had seen what Bud and I had done with these properties mm -hmm. and felt that it would be in really good caring hands. Um, so they approached us, approached Bud privately, mm -hmm. and said, "What do you think?" And that's how it happened. So Bud became the third owner of Eagle River Lighthouse. Yeah. Was Bud into lighthouses or old buildings in general? I think he's into both. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's into the, the beauty of the architecture, um, what they stand for, how they served. And, um, and we grew up in old houses with old things. That's mm -hmm. always been a part of our lives. So coming back here and uh, being the stewards of some incredible properties yeah. is, just feels right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you're doing an amazing job. They're, they're beautiful uh, inside and out. So you, I understand your brother also purchased a thousand acres of land uh, around. Is it directly around the Sandhills Lighthouse? Is it's, that right? It's actually a right across the street. So Sandhills is on um, about mm -hmm. 35 acres. It originally was 50 acres, but Don Bliss, the first owner, sold off a chunk. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the thousand acres is a, is just across the way, um, and it's beautiful pine barrens, you know, up. To a ridge that you can actually see, you know, the the top of Sandhills Tower. Um, it's extraordinary, mm -hmm. and it's an incredible extension of Sandhills. Um, and I think for folks that come and visit eventually, it will be a great way to experience this place. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, Sandhills is a great way to wake up, have a cup of coffee, yeah, um, and then kind of venture out into the wildness of mm -hmm. the Keweenaw Peninsula. You know, right out there at your doorstep, basically. Yeah, yeah. Is there, are there trails? There are, there's trails. Um, so you could hike, you could mountain bike. Um, snowshoe. Snowshoe. <laughs> I've done that back there, definitely. More more, <laughs> more seasons than not, for more months yeah. than not. This snowshoe. is late April, but you could snowshoe today. I, yes, you could. <laughs> um, so that's it, it's just a beautiful extension of, I think, the property that uh, Sandhill sits on and um, really emblematic of what the Keweenaw has to offer. Yeah. 
Now, the Eagle River Lighthouse uh, accommodations there, you rent by the week, is that correct? Uh, we rent it uh, in the summer months, it's just by the week. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the year, we do it uh, on a two-day minimum. Okay, so it is open all year. It is. And you have people staying there now even, yeah, in, the, in the snow. We do, folks that come yeah. back every year and visit us. Uh-huh, yeah. sure, you must have a lot of regular repeat customers, I would, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, uh, by managing the properties, that means you handle all the, the bookings and everything, is that correct? And do you also uh, handle all the, the work, the, any uh, uh, repairs? Obviously, we're going to talk about Sand Hills. That's a, a relatively new purchase, and that is uh, going to have some work. But, uh, <laughs> but in general, you handle all, all that, the preservation of these places. Very much yeah. so. I mean, mm -hmm. it's Kindly Bud um, puts their their process in my hands. So mm -hmm. from the get-go to the planning of uh, what the house is going to become yeah. um, to the execution of that and then ultimately the um, you know to make it livable the the interior design the furniture the artwork and then the business side of it so I get to mm -hmm. handle that as well and it's great to see it all come full circle to walk in a building start with its potential and then bring mm -hmm. it hopefully um, to that place where now other people can share the space. Yeah, yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about history here. First of all, neither lighthouse is an aid to navigation at this point, right? Correct. The, yeah, they're both deactivated and has been. They have been deactivated for quite a few years at this point, right? Yeah. Um, so. Eagle River was deactivated in 1908 mm -hmm. um, when when copper was no longer being dug out of uh, this area and moved to Calumet and Houghton. This as a port town wasn't really necessary anymore, and San and uh, Eagle River is too too far back and was too small a lens to really serve the larger boats coming through. So mm -hmm. um, they sold it to uh, a gentleman named John Verton, who owned Verton Department Stores in Calumet right. in 1908. Are there any particular stories uh, relating to the the days when keepers and families lived at those lighthouses that you've heard about that, that are especially interesting? Sure. I think the I think the most extraordinary thing about Eagle River is that it was its keeper was a woman for a while. Mm -hmm. um, her husband was the keeper, uh, John Griswold, and um, he passed. And uh, the lighthouse service allowed her to take his place, mm -hmm. and she did that for quite a few years, um, which I think is an extraordinary kind of very you know equality sort of sort of thing. She stepped in and and did it, and um, I love that a woman was there. Manning the house. That is great. I mean, there were quite a few women keepers, but yeah. most lighthouses didn't didn't have any women keepers in their yeah. history. So that's a, a really neat part of the history for sure. Uh, these places must have been pretty isolated in the early days. Ah, uh, gosh, even in the later days. I mean, I, um, I mean, Eagle River Lighthouses was for, fortunately in this you know this kind of bustling town, but I can't even imagine. I mean, at its largest, this was a thousand people. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't big by any means. You know, by what we all think of as big. And Sandhills, I mean, the road that it sits on didn't get electricity until 1983. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, shocking to go through the paperwork and see that they had to really request that UPCO wire that whole that whole road. Mm -hmm. So they were extraordinary in terms of their isolation. Yeah, those people are pioneers, really. You just showed us through, so I've seen the accommodations at Eagle River, which are gorgeous. You. Could you say a little bit about that, what's available for people if they're interested in staying there? Sure. Um, it's three bedrooms, mm -hmm. um, two uh, and a half baths. Um, we've got a beautiful 
sunroom that everybody seems to gravitate towards, which has beautiful views of, of Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Um, we really tried to create the space with lots of couches, lots of warm, you know, snuggly throws and things like that so people can just lounge, relax. Um, everybody has their own space. Um, big, you know, big gourmet kitchen, lots of beautiful views and a deck that wraps around the entire uh, lakeside of the of the house so that people can get out there and yeah. and really enjoy the air, whether it's, you know, your morning coffee or mm-hmm. stars and the fabulous sunsets. We really tried to try to take advantage of the beautiful nature that just happens around all oh, of, of this. Of course, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful. I noticed the kitchen. It's a really nice. And uh, that uh, one room, it's almost like a, an enclosed porch. Uh, a nice place to sit and read and relax and sip some wine or something. I, I sure hope that's exactly what people do. That's, <laughs> All of the that's above. What we, yeah, that's what we designed it for. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it looks absolutely great. Uh, so if people come by, and it must happen a lot, people, I'm sure people are photographing, the, you got lighthouse buffs who are photographing the lighthouses all the time. I know you can't uh, just be there to give tours, but uh, are t- sometimes uh, tours arranged for people? Or? We really don't because um, we rent the the whole house, sure. and therefore it's really hard to schedule that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and we sell out really quickly, so it's very hard to find a space mm-hmm. in time to physically offer uh, tours of the Eagle River Lighthouse. But we hope that people that want to see it will come and stay and experience it as their own for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So that's completely understandable. You told me you have the uh, U.S. Lighthouse Society stamps for the passports. Do you probably get maybe you get some requests in the mail? Do you get those? In? We do. I get. Uh, mm-hmm. I do get requests in the mail. I love that when the the S A S A S E envelopes come and yeah. um, and people want their stamps. Actually, a uh, um, a young woman who was going to tech her mom uh, is a light a lighthouse aficionado and she has her passport book. Mm-hmm. So we were able to stamp uh, her book via the daughter, um, which was a lot of fun to kind of do that exchange. Mm-hmm. But both lighthouses are pretty much open as far as people parking and just taking pictures, right? Uh, Sand Hills is not right now um, okay. because it's under actively under construction. Right, okay. Um, and and uh, there's materials around, there's um, improvements that we're trying to make. It's not looking its very best, and we really hope that um, folks are willing to wait until Sand Hills is its proud, mm-hmm. you know, 100% 1919 self. Yeah, um, and we can offer it then for people to come and check it out. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible building, uh, and you and your brother acquired it not that long ago, a couple of years ago, so. uh, M- March of two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and I know there's a, a lot of work to be done. It was run as a B and B for years uh, until shortly before you you bought it, right? That's yeah. But I, I, it needs it needs some some work, and I'm sure you're going to give it a lot of tender loving care. Uh, is there any kind of uh, timeline, or uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about what needs to be done and any kind of timeline on that at this point? Um, right now, we're really focused on the um, on the on the structure of the building, the exterior. Um, there's a lot of and and it's a it's a huge lighthouse. So yes, it is. It is. <laughs> um, it really is. So there's and there's a lot of beautiful. Um, aspects to its architecture. Um, so we've got a lot of tuck pointing work to do. The tower, um, the actual tower uh, has to be completely stripped back down and and resealed. Um, we've got cornices that are not in, in very good shape that need to be um, 
tended to and their copper and wood combinations. So there's a lot of work that um, that needs to be done um, and is time, you know, painstaking work, tuck pointing, 91 feet of tower is going to take some some serious effort and time. Yeah, so, well, I, I hope to come back when it's when it's all done. I I hope you do too. I hope you both do. It's an incredible property. So uh, I need to ask you this. It actually came up when we were chatting just before the the interview started. Here is Eagle River Lighthouse haunted. <laughs> well, I personally have not experienced any. Um, supernatural entities there. However, um, I, I, I have heard from guests that they've had experiences, um, but my favorite was uh, people often leave you know notes after they've stayed at the lighthouse and mm-hmm. they kindly leave me a note. And one was from the parents and then the two little girls that stayed there um, made some great drawings and they also said, and by the way, do you know you have ghosts? So from the mouth of babes, I feel like, okay, well, I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got my proof. Um, I had heard rumor of it before from the previous owner, and like I said, other people have, There's, they're uh, not malicious, it's a female entity, um, from what I understand. Um, my only experience, and Bud and I have both seen it, is um, the beds can be perfectly fluffed and ready for people to come, and if a little bit of time goes by, there seems to be a little place where it looks like somebody might have Took liked the nap. dainty sheets and liked, liked to <laughs> lay down on the top of a bed. Um, as long as you don't actually see the like the indentation of a person moving around, you don't. You yeah. don't. It's just uh, it's and it could you know it it could very well be our imaginations. But the two little girls felt that felt a presence uh-huh. um, and had that and and felt that they needed to let me know. I love that. Yeah. Well, I always like to say that we I uh, I'm very involved in a with a lighthouse near me in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And it has ghost stories. It's been featured on Ghost Hunters on TV and stuff. And when people ask about that, I always say, you know, we don't have an official position on this this thing. But uh, whether you believe it's uh, actual, they're actually physically there or spiritually there, the keepers of the past, the families of the past that lived in those places are very much with us. Their spirits are with us, no matter how you look at it. So, I mean, anybody that mm-hmm. touch anybody that touched that building that mm-hmm. built it um yeah. i think of the men that laid the stone or the people that designed it um uh, the people that lived there uh, mm-hmm. the ships that were affected by its light i there's such a there there's such an incredible quality about the circle that lighthouses create and mm-hmm. um in renovating eagle river in in particular um i was we took down a, a drop ceiling and underneath it was all this, you know, these beautiful beams, and they had to come door in order to create the lofted thing. So I got to touch these nails that were as big as my hand, mm-hmm. and I thought nobody's touched these since the man who pounded them into this wood. Mm-hmm. And it was really uh, an opportunity to kind of reach back across time and, yeah, and yeah. touch somebody there. And I hope that in any lighthouse, people feel that people feel the sense of all the effort that went into create these, um, all the work that it took to man them mm-hmm. 24-7 so that the people that traveled in a very different environment on the on the water were safe. Um, so it really is, I think it's an extraordinary building, not just in how it served, but how it served so many. Yeah. And um, we hope we touch into that just yeah. a little bit. 
Well, that's that's beautifully said. And I get the feeling you probably see your, yourself and your, your brother as, as stewards of these properties, not more so than just it's your. It's, it, that's all, all we are is another piece of hopefully their very long yes. and fruitful existence. Yeah. Um, and our goal is really to make sure mm-hmm. that it sees another hundred years. And we can't necessarily be there for it, mm-hmm. but we can try to ensure that any of these um, are, are safely around for another hundred years because we've taken good care of them or corrected things that need to care for. Yeah. And these lighthouses in, on the Great Lakes are often the oldest buildings in the communities, right, or among the oldest buildings. So I imagine the, the local people here are happy to see these these uh, properties being taken such good care of. I, I hope so. I think um, I think a community kind of built itself on everybody caring for that. This mm-hmm. is a this is a town that's 160 years old, and um, that everybody in this community cares about their their buildings and their history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think is pretty um, apparent, and and keeps it alive and well today. Yeah, definitely. So I have one final question for you. Sure. Okay, for bonus points. All right, so. <laughs> So get ready. I love bonus points. Good. Get your number two pencil sharpened. Okay. What is your favorite thing about your work with the Eagle River and Sand Hills Lighthouses? I get to serve too. I get to be part of their continuum. And that I love. I am a very small part compared to all of, you know, all the different people that have been a part of it. And mm-hmm. we each have our little piece of their history, which I think is a really remarkable thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love that, and I love acknowledging all of the people that came before me that mm-hmm. did their remarkable work um, to create these in the first place. Mm-hmm. I just feel very fortunate. Yeah, well, I can see that. I, lo- <laughs> I love that you love that, and I love that you have that attitude. I think oh, it's, thanks. <laughs> it's refreshing. It's really great. So, Jan Cole, thank you so much for hosting uh, me and Nick here today and showing us around and giving us, uh, sharing your time and uh, your, your thoughts. And uh, I love what you had to say about taking care of these places. So I just want to thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate you both being here. Thank you. You can book a stay at Eagle River Lighthouse at vrbo.com. The house has three bedrooms and sleeps six. Next, we're going to hear a conversation with Jan and Jean Gertz. Their father, Maxwell Gertz, was a keeper in the 1940s and 50s at Manitou Island and Sand Hills, Michigan. The Gertz sisters have stayed involved with lighthouses as volunteers for the Great Lakes Lighthouse Keepers Association. I met Jean and Jane Gertz while I was staying at the Big Bay Point Lighthouse B&B on Michigan's Upper Peninsula in late April. They lived just down the street from the lighthouse. The lighthouse B&B is owned by my friend uh, Nick Korstad, and on the day I was leaving for home, Nick invited them over for a conversation at the dining room table. You'll hear that Nick uh, also took part in the interview. So let's listen to our conversation with Jane and Jean Gertz now. here in the uh, living room. I would, not living room, because the dining room. This is the dining room. <laughs> you can live in any room. Okay. We're in the dining room in the, the uh, keeper's quarters at the Big Bay Point Lighthouse uh, on the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan on Lake Superior. And I'm here with my good friend, Nick Korstad, who owns a Big Bay, I, I should say is the keeper of Big yeah, Bay Point yeah. Lighthouse. The lighthouse owns me, but I'm just the keeper. <laughs> yeah. Also with us here are Jane and Jean Gertz who live just down the road here. It's Lighthouse Road, right? Yeah, yep. live just down Lighthouse Road here. 
and Nick has been kind enough to introduce me to Jane and Jean. So we're talking about your father, Maxwell Gertz, who was a lighthouse keeper at a couple of places, and um, Sand Hills is one of those places, and Nick and I visited there the other day. So uh, he was there, you said 1939, came there in 1939, was there into 1941, Correct. right? Sand Hills Lighthouse. And then later on in the 50s, he was at uh, Manitou Island. And head keeper at Manitou Island and Gull Rock. Gull Rock, so he took care of both, both lights They were at responsible that time. for both lights, but stayed at Manitou. There were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if I understand right, you, you didn't, did you live at any lighthouses where he was no. stationed? No. Mm-hmm. We were the two youngest of five children. Yeah. And my mother's parents lived in a town called Hubble. Mm-hmm. and they were elderly and she wanted to be around so he chose stations that were considered bachelor stations yeah so that he could go for three weeks and come back for one and mm-hmm. he felt that worked for them yeah yeah but, but for the family and for uh-huh. the family yeah we have t- three older sisters and two of them who used to go and stay with him at okay. the lighthouse at Manitou mm-hmm. but we were too young yeah and one of your sisters was born when he was at Sand Hills, is that Correct. right? Uh, my mother was pregnant in November. She was born in January, and at the time they wanted to get her out because of the winter conditions, mm-hmm. very poor roads, and they didn't want to have to deal with the birth there. So they got her out to go to her folks in Hubble. Your father lived at Sand Hills with your, your mother, and uh, how many kids were there? So that that was, the the one. One. So was the first one. the first one, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. What were the conditions like that uh, you've heard stories of at, at Sandhills, you know, during the time of when your dad was there, uh, being a remote light station? Very isolated. Yeah. Very isolated and conditions. I'm. Did we never heard too much about the summer? They did refer to as wicked winters. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, the the roads. There wasn't much access to that lighthouse as far as good roads like there are now. So, I mean, winter was a challenge even for someone that wasn't pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so, to get there. Yeah. Um, do you know if when he was out there they brought stuff by, like, horse and buggy, or did they actually have to bring stuff uh, via the lake? As far as I know, but I, I'm not 100%, it was by the lake that, with okay. lighthouse tenders. Okay. Isn't, we, isn't part of the dock there yet where they brought that in there? Yeah. The pier, I think, is currently kind of crumbled. I yes. think this lighthouse here at Big Bay still has, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as much of its original of it, yeah. pier. Yeah. Um, we found out yesterday that it, it was between 1986 and 1989 that Santos received electricity and that whole stretch of road. So, Oh, possibly, because yeah. it's a kind of a remote place. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to even find it on the regular route to Copper Harbor yeah. Yeah. that Eagle people Harbor. use as a tourist route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever been involved with Sand Hills in any way during the years it was operated as a B&B? Have you? Uh, other than uh, through our organization, they had conferences there that we attended. We've stopped periodically over the years with friends just to show them, but yeah. Yeah. other than that, not any other connection. No. Well, it's, it's in kind of rough shape, but the new owners seem, seem good, and they're going to bring That's it good. back to life. It's yeah. a unique one. It's quite different. It than, sure is. Yeah. 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 I know it's it's like your favorite lighthouse, Nick. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite lighthouse on the lake. So you guys have um, any stories that were passed down of your family living at Sand Hills? When my dad retired, we were very young. Okay. So when we took up lighthousing as a hobby, we really didn't know that much. 
we knew what a lighthouse was, but not that much. They, until we got involved, then the stories would come out, but it was the current stories of like Manitou Island and okay. in yeah. the history of where he had been. He'd been in Kiwani, Two Rivers, up, uh, Portage Canal. Jacobsville. Jacobsville. And that, that all came out, but we were too young when he was okay. at Sand Hill. Obviously, we weren't born or Manitou. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your dad, kind of how he got into working on lighthouses. He had a great story of you know his transfer over from the life-saving station. He took a year college, then couldn't afford any more. He worked summer job, and then he worked part-time or part of the year at Calumet and Hecla, which was uh, copper in uh, plant Mine, up mining. in mining. Mining. And then he didn't see a future there, and he applied for the life-saving and mm-hmm. got the job. And he was at, his first assignment was at Whitefish Point, but mm. not the lighthouse. He right. was the beach walker. Yep. Yep. And we'd, he was always telling stories about they'd have to walk the beach and punch the clock mm-hmm. at the post and then come back to make sure you went as far as you were supposed to. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Did, uh, did different, ever- different guys would play jokes like there were ghosts. You know, to scare the walker, especially yeah. a new recruit or something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that type of thing. It's funny how ghost stories get into every branch. Yeah. You know, no matter what you do. See, yeah. and then they merged with Coast Guard, but then he was a keeper then. But then the war, and the war years was broke up then until he came back out of the mm-hmm. war. Do you know if you ever had to uh, walk the beach up to like Chris Point? Because I know they had a life saving station. Yes, up there. they did. Yes, have, they did. Yeah, in Vermilion. Okay. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty cool. Was he involved in any rescues that you know? No, I do not know of any. Mm-hmm. Probably was. Probably. Yeah. probably was, but we never... He wasn't, uh, I guess, I don't know if you want to say a talker or a bragger or whatever right. about his service. Yeah. In fact, yeah. when he was very sick and dying, he told my mother, just put in the paper, what my, you know, I served in the service, nothing. And he had a lot of medals. He achieved a lot of different things to the Coast Guard as far as merit things throughout mm-hmm. the whole career. And he retired as a Chief AIDS Navigation Officer on Lake Erie. Wow. In 58. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. He had quite a, quite a career. And he was on the Tupelo and the Woodrush. Okay. Different boats. Yeah, yeah. So do you have uh, maritime experience earlier in life before he went into the life-saving? Not that I know yeah. of, no. Yeah. But he would have been young yeah. then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you spend any time, or did you visit at least Manitou Island when he was there? Yes. Not, Not when, when he was there. We were no. too young. Oh, later. Yeah, okay. we were, when he was at Manitou, we were very, we weren't in school yet even. Where the next two sisters next to us would go out there. We'd go mm-hmm. out there for a summer, three weeks or six weeks in the summertime. And a lot of stories he did on our off time, we'd pick berries and pick agates. And, mm-hmm. and my dad had tons of both. Yeah. He had bushel <laughs> baskets of agates. Uh-huh. Literally bushel baskets. Wow. And he just gave them away because they just like picking rocks. Yeah, you know? well, they have stores where people buy them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. one story out Manitou is, they, he was allowed to have guests. My sisters went out, and he had one sister, three older brothers, no, two older brothers, and then a younger sister. There's the three boys, mm-hmm. and she was visiting, and she had was a nurse for public health, and she had two girlfriends visiting, and they went out to the island for. A week because uh-huh. that they'd run back and forth and uh, the story was that they were on vacation and yep. they did enjoy their drinks it's party time vacation and they're smoked and they all smoked sure so it came time from the leave and the weather was so bad they ended up staying like four or five days they couldn't get off the island so they ran out of 
booze, mm -hmm. and they ran out of cigarettes. Well, there was a store in Calumet that offered delivery. This is back, it would have been between, the, you know, the, in the early 50s when they were, when he was there, right. that they would deliver groceries. So they wanted to call to see if they would deliver out, which nobody could move anyway, and that was a story. They tried everything to get somebody to bring booze and cigarettes out to them. Well, they figured <laughs> they if did. they could bring it out, they should be able to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad said it, that whole time they were there, stuck there, because they couldn't get off the island. Yeah. He spent all his free time rolling cigarettes That's for them, because they ran out of cigarettes. They, they, the other men working would have the tobacco to roll their cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd have to roll them for his, his sister and her girlfriends. Yeah, so they couldn't couldn't deliver the liquor. No, no. couldn't deliver the liquor. Yeah. But that, was, that was always a story. We'd hear more from my aunt than my dad. Yeah. So uh, you were saying that uh, they were in charge of the Gold Rock Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you just said, you know, the weather was bad. How did they get to and from Gold Rock, let's say, when it was bad? Did the light just not get lit that night? No, it, it was automated. Okay. But they would have to do the like when they come in. There'd be three. There's four keepers, one on vacation all the time, one week, three out there. Mm -hmm. When they'd make the run back and forth, they would service it for mm -hmm. that time. Okay, so it had like possibly like an acetylene light or something yeah. out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. I remember as a little kid, but when my dad was at Manitou, mm -hmm. we were two and three and four. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were really young. Yeah. But I can remember we made the and the highway was not like it is now. But my mother would have to drive us down to pick up my dad in Copper Harbor. That's where the boat came in. Mm -hmm. And then the road, we'd always be car sick because the roads were so curvy back then and not very well paved or anything. But I can remember we get to Copper Harbor on a telephone pole so far up. They had some kind of radio thing there that I can remember talking to my dad on a pole to Manitou or if he was back okay. or coming over. I yeah. still remember that. She would what? call, because it was only a three-mile jaunt. Yeah, yeah. She would what? call that we were there. So then he would come in, then the keeper waiting to go back out would be there to go back, take the boat back out. Yeah, I believe I saw a reference to a radio system that tied the lighthouses mm -hmm. together starting in like the early 30s or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I can still remember talking. They got we pictures might have had of pictures us. of us trying to reach the, the to pole. Talk to I mean, the pole was there, but the phone to talk to my dad. Mm -hmm. That's really neat. Yeah, so it is. I, I can picture myself doing yeah. that. And yeah. then uh, another story, though, is that there was a, a dock in Copper Harbor where the co Coast Guard owned. But, see, the boat would come in, pick yeah. up the keeper, drop one off, and then be back out in, in Manitou. So the dock wasn't used a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So my dad always told the story there was a guy that would park his boat privately there. Yeah. And one time the lighthouse boat came in and they couldn't dock mm -hmm. because his boat was there. So. My dad went up, found out who it was, and went to the guy, and he says, hey, is that your boat? you got to move it. And the guy says, well, I kind of have a lease on that. And my dad says, your lease just ran out. <laughs> we need the boat. That's a Coast Guard dock. You have to park the Coast Guard right, boat right. there. That's fine. So your your dad was interviewed for a book, right? Correct. Or for, uh, for oral, oral history, history. That turned into a book. Right. It became a book mm -hmm. called uh, Living at a Lighthouse. Oral Histories from the Great Lakes, is Correct. that the name of it? Mm -hmm. By Luann Gaikowski Cosma. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I believe that book is still available. Yes, still. Uh, and the recording is still available. I think exists. it's there, in, I'm pretty sure, I'd have to look at it. I think it's Wayne State University Libraries. I think it is. I'm not positive on that. It's one of the universities. Well, it was published by the Great Lakes Lighthouse Keepers Association. Correct. But the oral tapes were. Is at the yeah, library. over for yeah. the archives. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's great that somebody and thought to do this. 
is lot, lot later, but when we made trips out to D.C., we went to the library there, mm -hmm. and we did find in his handwriting all the logs that he kept, we, and we did make copies of some of them. They may be on tape now. They were in the process of putting microfilm. them on tape. Yeah, tape. microfilm. Mm -hmm. Microfilm, yeah. yeah. But we did find it out mm -hmm. in the archives. In the archives, my dad's, the logs that he would fill in at Manitou. So that oh, was okay. kind of neat. Was there anything you remember of special interest, or was it mostly just a little bit about the weather? Weather or and uh, different boats that, or yeah. ships that would go by, or yeah. more yeah. daily Keep activities. Up. And yeah. he's the one for Manitou. I imagine they had to do it at all lighthouses, but he set up that they kept track of every supply mm -hmm. for a whole year, yeah. and then they would bring supplies based on that back out to the island yeah. lighthouses. There was a lot of paperwork involved yes. in, yeah. in lighthouse keeping, mm -hmm. for sure, a lot of record keeping. So uh, you've, you're lighthouse lovers, right? Correct, yeah. And you've been involved with lighthouses in your lives, including giving tours here at Big Bay Point. Is that right? To, no, no, we no? never did tours here. Okay. Uh, okay. I had some pictures of you guys giving tours that maybe you guys were on a tour or something. But well, Linda we might have when we came up here with Linda brought friends up okay. here. Linda, and, and just like you, you know, you feel welcome yeah. here. We've already brought friends up, and Linda mm -hmm. would always say, come on in. Or okay. I only actually came up one time to help Linda out, because I think Jeff was away in something to help out with a breakfast. I okay. did the cooking, mm -hmm. and she entertained the guest. Okay, well, i call you up this summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have, you been, have you been involved in giving lighthouse tours anywhere yourselves? Or? Not actually. Well, we were. We still do belong. We're life members of uh, Great Lakes Lighthouse Keepers Association, and mm -hmm. for 24 years we were the Lake Michigan coordinators. That for every May uh -huh. we set up a conference, either one, two, or three day for our members, setting up the tours, the hotel lodging, the, the meals, meals. Mm -hmm. buses if we're being transported, boats if we set it all up so that they would sign up for a price and get there and we'd entertain them for the day. I mean, we wouldn't, but set up all the entertainment for the day. And that yeah. was on Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. There were coordinators on every lake that did that yeah. through, and the, through the organization. Because of Lake Michigan, the way it is, one year it would be in Michigan side and one year it was on the Wisconsin side. We mm -hmm. alternated so it wasn't just all. Mm -hmm. So idea. people from both areas could, didn't have to travel every year, just one side. Yeah. So we alternated every year. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of what Dick's, Nick's done with this place? Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. believe it. It's, yeah. it's well uh, taken care of. Yep. Yeah. And I just referred to it, I don't know if you weren't there Monday night, at the stewardship, uh, stewardship meeting. No, for we were open out doing house. our yeah. super yeah. big tour. But we were, I was talking to people, and I had brought it up at a township meeting. They're putting all these new signs up for the trails. And I, yeah. I spoke in the meeting, I spoke to different ones Monday night. Mm -hmm. They have left out the nicest gem in this area, and that's the lighthouse. The lighthouse is a draw. And I mean, yeah. the hiking trails are beautiful up here. Yeah. yeah. But I think the lighthouse should be marked as a historical you know, gem up here too. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe they saw that it's already on those street signs. But there, these are signs. Um, it would be south of Big Bay of, oh, of Grams. You I know, see. for the, like off of Five Ten. Yeah. 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 Okay. They were giving mileage to each thing, yeah, like, like the falls and all that. And Jean said, and they even you're forgetting, too, she said it right in the township, yeah. you're forgetting the biggest attraction here. And yeah. they've got um, Perkins Park listed. Mm -hmm. I mean. Well, maybe because I'm a private property. And it they might said be a that, but yet thing. people could come up before the gate and still have a, at the yeah. bottom yeah. of the hill, you can see the lighthouse. Yeah. 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 Well, you can still 
You can walk outside the fence. Mm-hmm. I don't care. So um, going back to your father, um, just a quick question. Maybe you might know this. Was he involved with automating any of the lighthouses that he was at? Actually doing the automation. Um, and helping remove like the Fresnel ends and no. trying to get the properties. No, okay. no. But you have to remember as he was out of lighthouse keeping in the middle 50s. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they started thinking about automating them, but it's much later. Yeah. Right. And this- so you're, you're, did your dad talk? Well, you said he didn't really talk that much about it later on. But but when I we think, got into mm-hmm. light, these lighthouse organizations, then he got involved. He yeah. would go to the conferences and yeah. encouraged and, us to do yeah. more and research. Yeah. And yeah. he would never talk about the war to us. He saw some awful things. Yeah. He was on a troop transfer ship, mm-hmm. and so that was rough. He'd yeah. say he'd drive the troop transfer ship where all the soldiers to the beach, mm-hmm. and he'd open up. And he said the hardest thing to watch the you know, it was war. The Japanese would come out of the little bushes and shoot them all down, and he knew he had to go back and bring the next batch. And yeah. he did admit that. Yeah. He said that was really tough, but he never really talked no. about. But no. once we got involved in the lighthouse restoration, and he got into that and yeah. enjoyed. It. In fact, one of our friends that we haven't seen for a while, but she'd be on the cruises, and she'd come up to us long after my dad passed away and said, "I miss your dad so much." He'd sit and tell me all his stories, you know, and he would do that to us, but. I kind of valued what she said because, you know, he passed it on to other people. He enjoyed talking about mm-hmm. his career as far as a lighthouse keeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how long ago did he pass? Uh, it would have been in... 88. 88. Okay. Mm-hmm. 1988, yep. Okay. Yeah. It was actually, I think, after my dad died. He had some different old black and white photos in mm-hmm. an old album, but when we were at a conference at um, Whitefish, Whitefish mm-hmm. we brought the album. Well, in that album, they saw exactly where the uh, tower was, the lookout lookout tower. They didn't know where to place it. And from the picture, they said, can we have that picture? And we made copies for them and that, that they knew where to replace that tower on the property there. So that picture, they had never had a picture of that before or knew where that tower should have been. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat that we were able and to. And then we donated yeah. some, they, I don't know if it's still there at Whitefish Point Lighthouse, donated some of the pictures when he was at, but he was never a keeper there. Right. He was, but he had a lot of pictures, what, black and white. And yeah. they, we made copies and then they made a picture of a collage of maybe eight pictures or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we probably looked and at them. I should have probably, brought it up because yeah. they were running late, but Brown Fishery was there at Whitefish in Paradise, Brown Paradise. Fishery. That oh, okay. It was a, a fish company. Yeah. yeah. And it's still there, and they had a restaurant. Well, it was the last time we were at Paradise. Yeah. It's been a while, though. Yeah. Yeah. But they always valued the Coast Guard men in there, and, the, and they, gave, they gave all the guys, and it's just an oddest-looking It's uh, lighter for their cigarettes. Yeah. And they gave every guy a lighter, and, and my dad's initials are on it, and I used to play with it as a kid. It never, he never filled it or did change the flint or anything mm-hmm. and I still have that lighter and I always thought I should go back to that brown company and tell them years ago the family still there. there yeah, yeah. That would honestly be a great thing for Whitefish Point Museum. Yeah, I should bring it. I have it right. I can can get right yeah. to it. I know I always kept it because after my dad died, and I thought I better keep this. At, you know, it has yeah. more sentimental yeah. value. But it might be a good thing to turn over. Yeah, you know? anything like that. And the pictures too are like mm-hmm. like yeah. gold. It's like treasure yeah. to have that stuff. Yeah. Those pictures. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great record of everything. So Jane and Jean Gertz, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. It's well, been thank a, you for a real the visit. Pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Well, it was a pleasure we can to thank meet Nick you. for we we all need to thank Nick for <laughs> hosting <laughs> us here. Yeah. So thank you, Nick, too. Thanks yeah. for taking part in this. And uh, 
happy lighthousing. Yeah, thank uh, you. Safe um, travels back yeah. for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really enjoying my visit to your yeah. area. So th thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Be sure to check out uslhs.org to learn all about the U.S. Lighthouse Society and its tours, preservation grants, the Lighthouse Passport Program, and more. Donations and memberships help support this podcast. Many thanks to Jean and Jane Gertz, to Jan Cole, and to Nick Korstad for all his help on my trip to Michigan. Tom Hanks was born on July 9, 1956. He once said, quote, the year I was born, 1956, was the peak year for babies being born, and there are more people essentially our age than anybody else. We could crush these new generations if we decided to, unquote. Well, since I was born four days after Tom Hanks, I'll agree with that. As always, to all our regular listeners and to our new ones, thanks so much for listening and keep a good light. Shine.